You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Sometimes I let my mind wander to crazy town, and I know I'm going there, so I say, let's just go for the ride and see what happens. I'll give you an example. My wife was at the playground a couple weeks ago uh, with Archer and Dash, and she met another woman, another mom, uh, that had a son about Archer's age, and uh, she's pregnant with another baby, so she the new baby won't be uh, too far uh, difference in age from Dash, so... My wife is like, oh, perfect. This woman's cool. This is like kismet, mom friend. Uh, so the mom asked my wife for her phone number and said we should meet up again. I was like, well, that's, that's really nice. So today she went on the play date and I was busy working. And then at some point I was like, I should probably text her just in case this woman was lying about being pregnant. <laughs> they were pregnant, but they lost the baby and they were pretending they put like a fake bump in there and they were going to kill my wife and steal my babies. <laughs> and it was all a elaborate ruse mm. to steal my babies. And then I was like, that's nah, just crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna text her. That's just crazy, Troy. If you're, if you're going to steal someone's babies, you don't kill anyone. You just make well, it. You don't want to draw undue attention to yourself. Yeah, I guess it's one thing to steal a baby. It's another thing to murder someone. <laughs> Why would they do that? Just steal the baby. But they, would, they would assume that Sam would fight back. So they would want to just take her out. I would assume if they wanted to steal your baby, they wouldn't have invited your babies over for a play date. That would also draw undue suspicion onto themselves. In a public park. But yeah, uh, I, yeah I worry about these things. What show is this? This is the show inside of my head. Okay. Which show are we doing today? <laughs> that's why that's why Troy's so good at Delta Green though, because he's like, it could only be this harebrained scheme between these gr-. and then it's like, oh no, that's actually the you know, that's what it is. That's what it turned out to be. That's what it turned out to be. I just watched a lot of murder docs on uh, Netflix. Unsolved mysteries. You never know. It's always the person you suspect the least. <laughs> Unless it's a husband and, and, you know, people in the same house. And then it's always the person you expect. That's exactly. With, with no real. It's, it's just always at like 30 minutes until you figure out it's them. The whole yeah. family was found dead and the husband's missing? <laughs> I hope he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he knows that the family's dead? I oh, hope so. Oh, someone should let him know. Him. Oh, man. Let's let him know. They'll be, be devastated when he finds out. <laughs> I hope, unless they hurt him too. <laughs> oh no! You'll <laughs> never know. Are they all right? Know. By the way, I forgot. To, I was going to ask. Yeah. Did she text you back? She, she, like, she made it cool? back. Yeah. She she's back actually. They're outside right now. It's a beautiful day out while we're recording this. And she just walked <laughs> up to the window and leaned in and looked at me like a creep. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they're good. <laughs> I'm so glad they made it out alive. Yeah, for that, play that harmless play date. 
You must have been so relieved. Uh, there was a point when I saw her drive up. I was like trying to open a paint can on the porch. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, you weren't like, oh, my God. It's not her driving the car. They're coming here to finish me off. They're coming to finish the job. Just, uh, that's what I would do. I would take my own car back so, so I wouldn't suspect me. So smart. So smart. <laughs> would you say that when you're in that thought space... You're more of a one life to live kind of world or more of a married or more of like all my children kind of world. I don't I don't know the difference, <laughs> but I want to right now. What's the difference between those two things? No idea. Oh, I thought there was like a, a I thought it was a bit. Yeah. The bit was your your subconscious is weirdly linked to soap opera plots. And I don't <laughs> know why. <laughs> a guy in an eye patch pulls up and kills him. <laughs> it's my twin. <laughs> you fall down an elevator shaft. <laughs> yeah, who put this here in my backyard? <laughs> I could, I could, uh, I could see that happening in the Troy soap opera existence pretty easily because I think Troy, as an actor on a soap opera, after a certain point, would be you know that guy who was like, I demand to have a twin so that I am in multiple scenes constantly. I want to show I my range. Flex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can get out show of my range. Soap opera racket. I'll just mess up my hair and be a little dumber. You don't, you don't win 15 daytime, daytime enemies by playing one character. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever Poochie's not on screen, everybody should be asking, where's Poochie? <laughs> When I was in grad school, we had our third year, they had brought some casting director in, and the casting director was just, uh, I thought she was a bit of a hack, but I was interested. I was like, well, maybe she's uh, still got the keys to the castle. I'll, I'll, I'll play ball. And then her first lesson was like, you gotta, you gotta take all these opportunities, take any opportunity you can. It was not bad advice. Say yes. You know, that's, there's always something good in that. And then I was just like, you know, but like, what if you get uh, an audition for a soap opera and you have no interest in like doing soap operas? And she goes, why wouldn't you want to be on a soap opera? I'm like, why would I just, that's, that's not something I'm interested in. She's like, you need to take every opportunity that's out there. And I said, I would rather never be successful than be on a soap opera. So now what do I do? <laughs> and she wow. gave me there. The timelines diverged. diverged. And one Troy. Yeah, sliding doors moment. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I never went back to that class. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I knew one guy uh, who was very successful uh, in the in the soap opera realm uh, who I, I worked with years later and uh, he was uh, he was just a mess he was a mess it's like he was like super popular in soap operas for like 15 years or 20 years but then like I don't know like his looks just didn't quite keep up and it you know whatever it was and they eventually just would like kicked him out of the club you know what i mean and it was just like that was hard for him to take and then he was like scrambling around trying to get work and he he would just be this like i don't know bitter angry actor who i was just, and i come in after not knowing any of this previous career and being like man that guy who, who works with that guy you know like oh that guy I mean, he was famous on Guiding Light or whatever it was. I don't know. Whatever show. Uh, he was like the, you know, the stud for years. Like, wow, I wouldn't know it. Uh, it is it's a wild business and very creepy. Speaking of creepy, man, shit is starting to get weird in, uh, in Glen Ridge as you guys are... Uh, Slowly but surely getting closer to uncovering uh, this this mystery. And you were off and running last time. 
uh, and really could have given me kind of an easy coast into wrapping it up. Probably an episode six monologue or uh, epilogue rather would have been would have been in order uh, if you just stabbed the kid in the neck. <laughs> Instead, you go into deep reconnaissance surveillance. Uh, and I love it. I love it. It's actually something that we talked about well before we started recording the season. I reached out to you guys. Sydney, I don't remember if you were part of this conversation or not, or if it happened sort of casually while we were recording something else. But I was like, don't sleep on the tradecraft parks, parts of this game. Like, keep in mind, you can, you can buy shit. You can surveil people. You can use technology. You can do all kinds of different stuff, uh, that, you know, the normal average person wouldn't think about, but that people that, do these kind of investigations for a living would be trained in, would be well aware. But it's tough when you're the handler because you don't want to just tell people how to do the investigation. So, uh, but I'm sitting here reading a book constantly that is filled with all of the ways that you can approach and solve mysteries. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I've always loved about. I think this brings out elements of what I love about the wire. I, there's so many things I love about. It. We've talked about it many times on the network, but one of the things is the requisition of the equipment that you need to properly surveil, uh, you know, suspects. And it's difficult. It's tough. And if you don't, if, if Skid doesn't make, or if Grant doesn't make the character he makes, it, it changes the whole course of the game. Who he is really matters in the same way that who Skid is really matters if you don't have that archaeology and anthropology skill you find out nothing from that book virtually nothing if gavin doesn't speak spanish you're missing a huge chunk Mm. of direct translation information so yeah i mean i think across the board oh and by the way apologies uh to anybody who is we've been releasing the assets uh from the show on patreon uh for people to look at so that you know what you guys are seeing they can see uh that is a straight up google translate spanish so please uh my apologies it is not directly translated uh by any kind of real translator it is Um, the single best handout i've ever received uh in 42 years Yep, yeah, that is a, once again, good. a shout out to our buddy, Matt Jones, uh, yeah. who put that together. You know, I, I had this idea for what it would look like and what I want in it and everything like that. He's just like, bam. I mean, that's several drafts in, but it looks amazing. It looks yeah, so, yeah, I, I would love, I, I, can't, I can't wait for, uh, can't wait to hear about everybody seeing it. Um, and you know what? Before we get into it, back into it, I do real quick want to, uh, mention something that is freaking awesome and very exciting uh so arc dream publishing who publishes this game uh is uh loves what we're doing and and we're friendly with them it's awesome uh and the way that this is releasing it's coming at a little bit of a strange time in terms of new arc dream releases but towards the end of the season uh of this show they're going to be releasing uh impossible landscapes which is something that uh, i think a lot of delta green people are really excited about i'm not going to give too many details on it now i will give it later in the season but but we are uh, definitely going to have a giveaway for that, which is exciting. But in the meantime, while we make you wait uh, for that exciting new product, we have a product that just sort of recently came out that we're going to give away and we're going to give it away this episode. So if you're Come listening on. to this episode, you can head over to our Patreon, look for the post there for how to enter the uh, get in the trunk giveaway for season two of Delta Green. Uh, click on that link and you'll be entered to win a copy of a freaking perfect book if you want to be a handler for this game called black sites 
S I T E S. And it is just a gorgeous hardcover of eight operations. Eight scenarios. Uh, so it is a it is a great tome uh, for people that are looking for different stories to run, different options to add into a campaign if you're running it that way. Uh, it's just got everything you need in one place, plus, uh, you know, just a whole bunch of really cool ideas of how to approach some of these operations. So uh, it's a gorgeous book called Black Sites, and Arc Dream has uh, volunteered to give one away to uh, listeners of this show. So go ahead, head to our Patreon, uh, look for the post there in our blog, and enter the giveaway and we'll uh, we'll ship you out a copy of black sites thanks again to art dream uh for not only giving this awesome book away but for making such a fucking great game um i think we just have so much fun with it we just have I just so love this game much i love this game it. so much i love this particular crew like playing with you people was really great but i just love the whole tone and the setting and the way that we fuck with it is so fun for me and like we we alternate between fucking with the tone and embracing it, which is so exciting for me. I just think that's great. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. The game is amazing. I love it. I'm I mean, gonna be we, hard. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Trey. I was just going to say when we logged off last time, it was like, you know, we were just like that was so much fun, and mostly it's because it vacillates between Magdalena like barking at Roger to just like get to the point as he's like <laughs> once again meandering off into his own thoughts and uh and you know st- like requisitioning a stolen van from the FBI it has to be stolen <laughs> to just make, make us sure laugh hot. so much but then at the end of the episode and we're we're going to pick up here in a second as you guys are doing a surveillance on this common residential home in, in Glen Ridge it's like there's there's this feeling of tension that comes into the the call. We're all remote. You know, we're playing this on a Zoom call, but you can just feel it. Everybody is looking intently. Everybody is changing their posture to like what they're doing. Troy is doing Roger Cumstone, you know, holding his headphone in one ear <laughs> on one ear and pointing the mic with the other. And we just quietly really get into it. And so, yeah, that's what I agree with you, Skid. It vacillates back and forth. And I just have a good time uh, with it's how like it all shakes dead. out. It's like Evil Dead. It's like it transitions from genuine horror to comedy so easily. It's just, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be hard-pressed when this is over to not make this show happen closer to 52 times a year. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you don't want to GM 52 episodes of that, Joe, so we're just going to have to share the wealth, and there should just always be Delta Green content because it's the best thing we've ever done. Yeah, I would love... uh, I'd be. I would love and be scared to like be a player in in the game. I'd love mm. to for somebody else to try running uh, one of these scenarios. Let me bring in a character, but I'd also feel so dumb. Like now I know everything, <laughs> but like I am so bad at mystery solving and investigations. But the beauty of this game is like you just go off on any nonsense tangent you want, and it <laughs> it makes for amazing stories. Um, when we brought up the, doing this giveaway uh, with uh, Shane Ivy, I was I was. Even emailing Shane Ivy and he was mentioning uh, the I, I don't want to go into too much detail and I'll do it later when we do like a debrief of the season but he was going into like what happened in his game in this scenario and I was like 
what? And it, you know, it's just amazing the, the variance that you can have in these stories. And so it doesn't matter where you go. The story follows you guys. And it also largely hinges on your abilities, which is why you guys are right now, I think, coming together in a really interesting way to to kind of pounce on this on this case and this problem. But there's a lot of balls in the air still. There's a lot of things you got to think about, including your handler at the FBI, your uh, main contact, Detective Gregson, at the local police member. Part of this mission is solving the case, actually solving the case for the police. Um, Yeah. So, like, you know, you got got all these things you got to think about and, you know, maintaining your identities and keeping them clean and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, lots, lots, lots to consider. But I'm ready to jump back in if you guys are. Yep. When last we left our heroes, they didn't know it at the time, but they were in some trouble. Uh, Is that the narrator? (laughs) (laughs) They were in some trouble. Our our characters hear that over over our earpieces. (laughs) (laughs) You are in trouble. Uh, And the boys are at it again. (laughs) Yeah, that's just like a. (laughs) You guys were surveying the home of Thomas Dangler and his family. You sneaky put some cameras in the yard, uh, pointed at the house, uh, Magdalena, while uh, Gavin and Jordy were piecing through this book and really putting together a narrative here, at least in the sense that we have an explorer. Uh, that was roughly in Peru in the 30s and 40s, uh, writing about uh, Incan civilization and pre-Incan civilizations that uh, perhaps had some sort of uh, winged servant that they would use to to help build amazing structures. And, um, and the Spanish conquistadors who come in and just like – just annihilate uh, this culture, just go out to destroy all of these these trinkets as they're so as they're referred to in, in, a, in a dismissed sort of disgusted way. Uh, you know, this would be blasphemous to these Christian uh, conquerors. And uh, but they have not found uh, the the amulet of the sun and the moon. And so uh, they they continue to look for it. And now you're starting to suspect that. This kid may have this ancient pre-Columbian uh, amulet, which may point to some ancient rite of some kind, while uh, at the same time, Roger Comstone and Magdalena are picking up something rather interesting on the microphone, a crackle, a hiss. It's loud. It's hard to hear through, but through the hiss, you can make out just the slightest. <laughs> Very, very barely audible, but enough that it chills you right to the bone. Need you both to roll a sanity check as soon as you hear this voice. Oh, I think we all hear it. Yeah, wouldn't we all hear it? Oh, was it? I'm sorry, I thought it was going to her unit and headphones and your headphones. Yeah, I remember being broadcast in the van. Saying it's being broadcast to everybody. No, I said it was going into her unit. I didn't say it was being broadcast. That is crazy. That is revisionist. I didn't backtrack. I said it was going into your headset and into Magdalene's. That's what I remember hearing. I will take one for the van team, and I will say I didn't plug it into speakers. I'll keep it in my headphones. <laughs> that is 
It's very grand of you. Oh Brent. no, it'll sound it'll sound much better through this rented Chevy van speakers, you moron. Shut up. We, we have a sanity roll. We have it on recon. Uh, yeah, on we do, we and listen. you'll be wrong when you listen to the tape playback. So shut up and get I, moving. Roll the sanity dice. Back, yeah. Everyone at home is like, wow, Grant. Grant's really not gonna roll it, is he? <laughs> yeah, because they listened to the episode where I said who exactly was listening to it. Yes, Grant, it isn't interested in making the episode better. So weird. I Grant. I rolled under uh, twenty four under seventy. You have a seventy sanity right now. That's great. Oh no, sorry. My current is sixty five. Oh, that's still really good. Yeah, that's great. Okay, here we go. Uh, Roger's got to be low forties in the forties, right? Uh, fifty five. No oh. current current forty one. Oh yes. no. Yeah, no. This is not uh, good. But and what's your I must say. You play it very well. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's at his breaking point. Okay, uh, I rolled a fifty-two. Now, I'm glad I failed, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm interested in playing around with the mechanic where I deflect that to uh, deflect any sanity loss to one of my uh, bonds. Bonds. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, first you take the the sanity damage. So. Uh, I'm saying I don't want to do that. I want to deflect it to my bonds. How does okay, that work? Okay, so, do you um, take it and then relieve it by giving it to the bonds? I'm not sure exactly how the mechanic works. Yeah, I, I would think... Oh, man, I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, it, I did read it before, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up now. In the meantime, um, go ahead and roll it. Uh, it is 1d4. 1d4 sand. <laughs> okay, so oh, I can't God. hit my breaking point. Uh, max four points of sanity. Oh, oh. no. Oh, um, this is because uh, it's it's unnatural. This is coming straight from the unnatural directly into your ears, and it messes you up. Um, you, uh, yeah. Let me see if we can. We'll, we'll look if. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. we can always do it after the fact. I'm just trying to figure out, like, because in the moment, I'm experiencing the sanity loss, so I wonder if there's a way you can get it back. Well, because I don't want to tip my hand as to what I'm thinking, but, like, I know you can deflect it. I'm just curious if it happens after the fact or not. Did you discuss your current bonds uh, when you were reintroduced on the island, or did we? Did you not cover that? I didn't cover it. I just, you saw me by birdseed, and then obviously by moving... F- out, okay. Off of the continent, his relationship with Norma is uh, fractured. I found it. You may spend willpower points to reduce the loss. The amount oh. is always one d four, so you have to roll max again to reduce it all. But you roll the die and reduce your willpower by that much. Uh, um, if you still have at least one willpower, reduce the sanity loss by the amount of willpower you spent. Uh, and then reduce a bond score by that amount. Mm. Ah, I see. Okay. Then the next time your agent interacts with with the bond, decide how how that takes shape. Okay, so that's that's interesting to me then. Uh, If you hadn't read that last line, I wouldn't have done it. Now, does willpower points affect anything else? Um, Willpower equals your power, right? Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. But does that change my power? No, I don't think so. But I don't know what, like, what happens to you, what what happens when you get to zero willpower? Yeah, that's it. 
That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Let's just stop there and look it up real quick. Um, I, I got my book over. I don't recall. It's like page ten. Uh, uh, no, it's not actually page ten. That was that's terrible. Uh, will power. willpower equals power. Willpower points represent mental fortitude. They fall when your agent attempts to suppress symptoms of mental illness. Uh, At two willpower, your agent has temporary emotional collapse. At zero willpower, your agent falls unconscious. Willpower points are regained with rest. Willpower points equal power. Yeah, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, though, is like this... Power, your power creates your willpower, but if your willpower just goes down, does your power go down? No. no. Your, your power represents your max willpower, because you can get willpower back from resting. Okay. So I would roll a d4, subtract the difference from my sanity, and the rest from willpower. So you roll a d4. If I rolled a you already 2... Took the, you already took the d4 damage. So you roll the d4, you add that much sanity back and reduce your current willpower by that amount, then reduce a bond by that amount. And we lost. I think we lost all of Joe. That seems like a computer crash. Oh, no, he's back. He's back. I'm back. Yeah, the music. Never, I, I wasn't. I'm going to cut all this anyway. Um, I, I'll do a shortened version to walk through. But, uh, yeah, I'm having Oklahoma Internet issues. Uh well, I'm going to so go through with it, so let's let's ha- let's do it. Okay. So, I, I got it. I got it. Okay, you were the last one to talk. So, okay, here it is. Here it is. So, you can choose to reduce your willpower points uh, by one d four, which is what you roll. You can't do more or less than that. You roll one d four, and you reduce the damage you took by that amount. Uh, you then reduce a bond by that amount Hmm. and you do that later. Like when you see the bond again and then you like play out, how does that project uh, onto your bond? Uh, In the moment though, it gives you a little bit more sanity should, you know, I mean, even if you roll a one, you, you healed a little bit and, uh, but it does reduce your willpower points. Your willpower points represent your, your mental fortitude. And sometimes you can spend them to suppress the symptoms of mental illness. According to the book, uh, what is your current willpower points? 11, 11. So according to the book at two willpower points, you have a temporary emotional collapse at zero willpower points. You, your agent falls unconscious. So they're sort of like hit points, but, uh, Willpower points are regained with rest. So Yeah, so it's interesting. It has a temporary effect on your willpower, but a permanent effect on your bonds. Mm. At a certain point, you can't keep doing this because when you run out of bonds, you know, yeah. you have to spend your downtime creating new fo- new bonds. Or you have to, or you have to spend your downtime uh, trying to fix the bonds that you've uh, hurt. But in this case, I'm, I'm going to, at least for the mechanic, I don't know if it's the best thing to do uh, min-max-wise, but I'm going to... Uh, try and deflect it onto a bond. Uh, so I will roll another D4, get that back, reduce my willpower by whatever I roll, and then reduce my bond by that. And then when you know, at some point we'll yeah. play that up. Uh, all right, I rolled a three. 
Ooh. Okay, great. So my so you net. I mean, my sanity will go up three, back to forty instead of forty-one. But my willpower will go from eleven to eight. Yes. And when you get a full night's rest, that is eight hours sleep in a bed, uh, you regain one d six willpower points. Oh wow! Um, okay, that's great. Yeah. Uh, but my bond is is forever changed. Yeah. Does this does this now, count as? I, I sorry, Grant. I was just going to say real quick. I would I would say sitting in my chair that I don't need you to tell me which bond. Okay. Like, I think I that can wait until after, but just mark down like I owe somebody three points of bond damage. Yeah. I've already chosen the bond. Oh, okay. Well then don't still don't tell me and let's yeah, see no. how it all plays out. It's a scene. It's a scene, man. Now everybody can guess <laughs> who he's going to rail on <laughs> as part of projecting sanity loss. I love this game. <laughs> Does that count as either a uh, incident of violence or helplessness, helplessness in terms of an incident of sand loss, or neither? It's neither. It's the unnatural. Okay, mm. which you is cannot the third. become adapted against unnatural things like you can against violence and helplessness because it's so ineffable and, and difficult to understand. That oh, is wow. correct. Cool. That is correct. Uh, I also was looking at um, some of the uh, kind comments and reviews of people listening to this show uh, and learn something which I should have known but I'm not very good at this because I'm not I think I'd be a lot better at this if I was for example Eric Mona but they they spoke about distinguishing a cult from unnatural mm. and that's something I, I don't think I've represented very well so I apologize for that and that's something I, I need to work on uh, a cult has to do with Rituals, beliefs, systems of human civilization that do certain things, whereas unnatural is unnatural. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, they're not necessarily the same thing. A cult may want to know about unnatural or try to call to the unnatural or whatever, but it, it, they're not one in the same. So I, I was sort of using the terms interchangeably and, uh, I need to remember uh, that those are actually a little bit different. So I wanted to ask to remind me. So when you fail a skill check, you get additional points in it right you improve in it yeah when you fail a skill check make sure yeah so you failed archaeology uh right. which is great for you because it's such a high number because you'll you'll rarely fail it so like when you do fail it you make a check mark next to it and then you'll increase that uh score by i think 1d3 minus one or 1d4 minus one i can't remember at the moment but i'll look it up um okay cool. but oh, that's yeah, right i failed uh, one last week too yeah, so make sure that you check those off when you fail them. Uh, and then I'm Counting. working around a roughly three to four hours of gameplay. We'll level up again. So mm. somewhere in that realm. Okay. Knowledge skills make total sense with that mechanic because, like, right now, Jordy's looking on LexisNexis uh, and, like, reading more archaeological things. So he's improving the areas of his knowledge he didn't understand. Yeah, so I, I shoring really like up that. some kind of shortcoming. After you discover you don't know it, you you go up and look it up, so you get better at it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, all right, so you guys, how does this look? How does this look to Roger? And and let's do Roger first. What does this one point of uh, of sanity damage look like for you in the tree? Um, he's just. What does he think uh, when he hears this? Sitting there, he hears it, and he's just like. Just like flashback to like him pouring over a tome that was beyond him, 
that he maybe rustled up from uh, some Puerto Rican book collector. Just like, oh, having nightmares. And then like, like uh, war flashbacks from being in Desert Storm. Seeing the dead Kuwaiti teen reaching down and grabbing the Zippo. Holding the book, just flashes of all this. And he, he like droops the parabolic mic for a second. And then snaps out of it and holds it back up with, an, with a shaking hand. What about Magdalena? I think Magdalena also has like a very quick flashback to a sort of like ghost in the machine type of brush she had before in her past and immediately just swipes the headphones off of her head oh, onto the computer. God. Just like, and that's why she just didn't get any yes. sand damage because she was like, oh, fuck. And she just like screams and like doesn't scream loudly, but like yells, throws the headphones. Um, the program is still running though, still recording everything. And you can see the waveform is like, crazy color she has on like the, the histograph of color on the waveform so you can tell the frequencies um, and it's like wilding out and she turns towards like Caesar and she's just like wide eyed um, like kind of just like shaking like no 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 um, yeah not what a good what do you vibe. do Caesar you see this Caesar sees this and he sees his own application going off and for a moment he just has a lucrative bit of reverie go across his face as he's thinking about how this could affect him financially and then he reaches his arm across uh, to just, he doesn't like really want to he doesn't feel like Magdalena is a touchy-feely type of person but he knows he needs to like steady her just by touching her shoulder in that moment um, so I don't know if he, he does like a charisma roll or something if needed to like bring her back from that because we need you Magdalena I'm sorry that was so hard to hear, but we're close. We're so close. It's about to happen. Uh, Magdalena, you know, is holding her headphones, and I think she switches over onto another screen to pull up the cameras at the same time, not quite putting the headphones back on, knowing the program's running, but she's like, you're right, you're right. Okay, yes, let me... Okay, let's look at the cameras. Something's gonna happen. Roger has all these flashbacks, uh, shakes it off, drops the mic, shakes it off, pulls the mic back up. Just a low white noise. Doesn't hear anything. Almost as if he never heard anything in the first place. Did he imagine it? Nothing. Silence. And then maybe the dull sort of sounds of... Somebody's sleeping. Magdalena, you put them back on. You hear the same thing Roger hears. Nothing for a little bit, and then it's the sounds of someone asleep. You guys do this for an hour. In the second hour, Roger, your age starts catching up with you, and you start getting super uncomfortable in that tree. Your foot starts to feel numb. Your back starts to ache. You guys out in the van are sort of excited about, you know, what you've learned, obviously Caesar is excited about his app working. Magdalena freaked out, is now totally jacked in and hasn't heard anything for an hour and a half. Do you keep staying there? Yeah. Another hour goes by. Now it's like two in the morning. You guys start to those of you in the van start to 
nod off. Oh, catch yourself, Gavin, in the front seat. Nods, asleep. <sighs> Wakes himself up. You're now going on 24 hours, solid, that you've been awake. And you're going to start taking damage now. You continue staying awake. Okay. Everybody's nodding at me on an audio yeah. show. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> if another hour goes past and everyone is in, like, deep REM sleep at the house, Caesar will launch the drone to try to get a different view inside. In case, unless... Roger feels like he has a perfect view in with the night vision goggles. Does Roger have like a perfect view into? Is the kit uh, is this kid's window room? like closed? Are the curtains closed? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, you can't see into the house like from out here. Um, One thing I wish we had now is a police scanner. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, just to see like if something's happening now outside this area. Um, what's the app that's uh? What's the app that you can get now on your phone that's like effectively a police scanner? But a there's, lot of there's free. Well, there's Citizen, but there's also Citizen. free police scanner apps. It's public knowledge. You can like down. I've downloaded them before. Um, Magdalena could download a police scanner app. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do let's it. Let's do it. She has one already. She pulls it up. <laughs> <laughs> she has. <one. laughs> she hears you talking. She's like, "What? Just like a regular? You just want to hear the local stuff? Yeah, sure." She's like, yeah. I've been listening to it for an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> She's like, ago. I have it in my other ear. It's my other headphones. <laughs> uh, nothing, it's so boring. And one thing, I wish we had a CB radio. Some way to communicate with other people out there, you know. <laughs> a CB radio. <laughs> um, you can monitor the police frequencies uh, of the local police, and uh, it's pretty quiet, pretty routine. Um, over the course of... Uh, this time of listening to both the kids room and the police scanner nothing of interest happens all right so let's think about this long term we've got a meeting today at three o'clock with the coroner let's try to cat now um yeah we should probably get some sleep so we don't uh so we're not total zombies and then i think so long as the as the kids awake maybe we can Assume that we're in that we're safe, but tomorrow night we've got a whole other a whole another cycle of sleep for him to be pissed off at someone that could die. Uh, so we got to come up with some sort of plan. I think what we can do as well is that those type of Wi-Fi security cameras are either typically nursery cams to check out your your child while they're sleeping, or home security stuff. So I imagine that there might be some sort of infrared proximity alarm uh that comes with those cameras uh this is you know just a possibility that i'm bringing up for gm discretion so we might be able to set some sort of alarm that could wake us up if anything were to happen as we all sleep in this stinky turkey stink filled van (laughs) overnight what do you think joe can we set up a proximity alarm as we snooze in here or do you want us to take shifts watching the camera feeds um what you just yeah you can a uh, proximity alarm um sorry that's just easy to do yeah, like typically. a motion alarm on the camera you mean like yeah it, it um, depends on if you want to judge it's like whether or not we would have had the foresight to think of that at the 
photo store when we bought them or not. One thing is also, I, I got to get out of this tree before the sun comes yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should get back. I think we should, when it's, we should get back to the hotel, get some actual, a couple hours of actual sleep. Yeah. Yeah, the stakeout yeah. didn't work. Right, right. Well, we, yes. I think we're going to need to do something again tomorrow night, but yeah, we got, and it was active, awake, I think we're pretty safe. Yeah. The last time it attacked, it was active at like the, the C1041 was when the static cut in on the CCTV from the highway. So in, at least in the past, he's been active prior to this time of night. Yeah. Feeds at night. Um, uh. All right, you guys are all at the moment. You all take a minus 20 penalty to all your skill checks. Uh, and Press. you lose 1d6 power. Ooh, so power? everybody go ahead. Yeah. Uh, willpower. Wow. Willpower points. Willpower oh, wait. points. That's no good. No, it's no good. <laughs> so you're starting. This is the representation of the effects of uh, exhaustion starting to creep up on wow. you. Your day started with being woken up at 2.30 in the morning to go to a crime scene investigation. It's now about 2 o'clock in the morning, 24 hours later, and you've gone nonstop. I'm down to four willpower. Oh, two oh, points no. away from a breakdown. Did you, did you say 1d6? 1d6, yeah. So unless you get some bed rest, uh, or or you could take stimulants or chain smoke to offset uh, the 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 penalty for one d six hours. What's what's good? I'll chain rest. smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we need to get some rest. Let's get some, get rest, some rest, and then I'll chain smoke. Chain smoke until you rest. <laughs> yeah, smoking as you fall asleep. <laughs> uh, okay. So what's the plan? Are you guys going to sleep? Take shifts in the van, yeah. or are you going to go back and sleep? Back, back to the hotel. hotel. Back to the hotel. hotel. All right. You, you have the feeling that you got these hidden cameras in there. You know what I mean? You can watch the residents, uh, see if you see anything pop up on the cameras. They're pointed in a good spot. Uh, but yeah, you're going to need some rest. So you guys head back to the hotel and, uh, and get some rest. Fall asleep and the sun rises. On a new day. It is Saturday, February 23rd. And uh, yeah, it, it is a another cold morning. Uh, this time, the a lot of the cloud cover that had come over the previous night moves on. And it is uh, one of those crystal clear uh, winter mornings where it's frigid, frigid cold, but it's a clear blue sky. The shun, sun shining really bright over the treetops at the horizon line. Uh, we'll say seven or eight in the morning. Um, that's enough rest for all of you guys to recover, uh, 1d6 willpower points. Those of you that took 1d6 damage, you, you still took that damage. So this 1d6 is just trying to recover from that. You'd need to sleep for another night to get it back up again. So, um, so yeah, yeah, basically staying up 24 hours impacts you for multiple days. Um, and you just gotta always keep it in mind. I lost six points (gasps) and I got back one. So oh. <laughs> we're in bad shape. We're in bad shape. I mean, if you yeah, ask we, me, that fits Jordy perfectly. Like he's putting his body through too much. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not suited for this anymore at all. Do we physically, does that minus that minus 20 on all of our skill checks? Does that go away? Uh, yes, that all goes away. Yep. Okay. Everybody's good on that, but you, that, that willpower is just basically it's lingering from yesterday. The willpower point damage, your, your mental acuity, uh, and fortitude is, is a little bit off, but you don't take the penalty Strained. to skills. Yeah. 
because you can wake up, you can have some coffee, uh, and start the day again. Okay. Yeah, we're getting to the deeper mechanics here. I like this. Uh, all right, we got, let's go meet with the corner runner. Well, that's at three o'clock. Uh, so you want to you want to rest a, a good chunk of the morning and just yeah. just really rest. Okay. Yeah. Great. And then get there Great. early. Uh, sounds good. You know what? I'll give everybody since you're not going to even go until like one in the afternoon. I'll give everybody another one d four willpower points. Ooh. So oh. So as long as you're resting, if you're not doing anything, if you tell me you're rolling skill checks during that time or trying to requisition shit or whatever, and you can't go over one your max, point. right? You can't go yeah. over your power. So your power it represents your max willpower points. Was there anything else based on that evening that anyone else thought of? I mean, the police scanner we dealt with with an app, but anything else worth calling in a requisition or trying to purchase before we head out? Does anyone feel like they're missing anything? I would really feel a lot more comfortable if we could get some Stinger surface-to-air missiles. Okay. <laughs> Short of that, I can't think of oh. anything. I, you're in luck, Augustus. My father is in the weapons manufacturing oh, business. Oh, perfect. So. <laughs> what business isn't this guy in? <laughs> the Tony Stark of Delta Green. He's, a, he's an importer-exporter. <laughs> All right. So you're moving on. Moving yeah. on. All right. You guys hop in the car and head west. Uh, we'll refer you back to the map. Uh, if you look on your screen here, you'll see the the uh, sort of you bring up a, a, an iPad map of Long Island and see that you are now going to leave out of Glen Ridge, head west uh, for a little while on Route 31, which you don't see on this map, but then to 25 uh, and then to 495 as you uh, take the highway. Actually, we take 25 the whole way. I love having root debates on uh, Delta yeah. Green game <laughs> to get out to uh, Haupage, New York where the Suffolk County Medical Examiner is. You can see it on the on the map here. Uh, you head out there and you arrive. I believe in an earlier episode, uh, Roger had said he wanted to arrive early. Uh, so the, the coroner had told you this would happen uh, at 3 o'clock. You wanted to arrive at when? Uh two at least two at least okay so you arrive at the suffolk county medical examiner office um when you get there uh you are greeted right inside the door by a young sort of very young 20 early 20s looking guy uh seems like you know a college student age um, who greets you and uh, says that uh, Dr. Santorini is, is expecting you, um, and he walks you back. He walks you through, uh, d- down sort of a long hallway, and, you know, this, this hallway is very, um, you know, has that sanitized hospital feel. Everything's kind of like white or off-white. Uh, everything is like super plain, except you just see these little signs that are just sticking off of the walls to tell you what is in uh, each given room. And uh, on one of the signs, you see uh, examining room one, and uh, you, he, he walks you into this room. You open up the door uh, into the room, and you see 
Dr. Santorini. He's in there and he is uh, standing over what looks to be a long silver sort of table um, that, you know, is a little bit sunken uh, around the edges. It sits next to kind of a sink uh, that runs along the wall. There's a bunch of tubing everywhere. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, before you walk in there, uh, the assistant up front would ask you to would, would require you to wear some protective uh clothing. Uh, so you would need to put on a face mask and gloves and, and that kind of stuff uh, before you were allowed into the examining room. Santorini says this? No, the assistant says this. Okay. Uh, it says, before I can take you in there, uh, just, just need to put these on. And it gives you a face mask and it gives you some uh, gloves um, so that it's a mostly sterile environment um, in which this autopsy is going to take place. So, uh, he walks you back and into the room and you see Santorini's in there. He's got his uh, face mask on and he's talking to two people. There are two men in the room standing across from him, uh, also in similar gear. Um, both look to be in their 30s-ish uh, and are dressed in sort of uh, button-down shirts, uh, decent slacks. Both are in their 30s. Um, one is African-American, one is white. They're just talking to Santorini quietly as you walk in the room. He turns and he says, Oh, there you are. Uh, a little, a bit early. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um I'd like you to, to speak to these gentlemen. Uh, they, they wanted me to, to make sure we, we allowed you in here uh, to, to speak with them about you know, the crime scene and all of that. Um, and, and he seems a little nervous. And the African-American man turns uh, and, and looks at you. Uh, again, his face hidden behind a face mask. And he just nods and he says... Hello, uh, please come in. My name is David Greer. This is my partner, Scott Wiley. We are with the Centers for Disease Control uh, Epidemic Intelligence Service. We are here to uh, investigate the, well, this this polymer here that we are looking into. Um, uh, please come in. Uh, I understand that you're with the FBI. That's right. That's correct. Yes. Thank yeah. You. It's nice to see some other federal agents in town. Wink. <laughs> Wink. Um, yes, we just wanted to uh, ask any of you. Oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. We wanted to. Uh, our, our office was flagged uh, due to a report from the Archon Laboratory where the sample was initially sent by Dr. Santorini. Uh, and so we are here, uh, again, I said from the Epidemic Intelligence Service, following up on what seems to be uh, an unknown material. We are looking for the presence of contagions, uh, any kind of possible dangerous uh, situation that we could get out a ahead of. But from what we hear from Dr. Santorini, there is no evidence of uh, anyone mentioning any symptoms or being sick. There's been nothing reported at the local hospital. Uh, so we're thinking everything's going to be okay, but we just wanted to ask you folks if you had felt uh, strange, uh, any symptoms, anything different than usual, or uh, uh, since coming in contact with the, with the polymer at the crime scene, or if you're, if you're feeling uh, normal. 
Oh, uh, I'm feeling okay. How are you guys feeling? I don't know. I've been having this shortness of breath. Uh, I have this terrible uh, laryngitis. I just can't. I'm just joking. This is. I've had this for years. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Oh, would you say that you are more at risk for a, a respiratory infection? I mean, you know, doctor would probably say that, but what do doctors know? You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a picture of health. But you f- don't feel any different than usual? No, no. No, I'm fine. And he okay. lights up a cigarette. And you, ma'am? Uh, yeah, I would have to say uh, I agree with um, my uh, fellow agents. I feel normal. I feel fine. Okay. Uh, Roger, during this conversation, the hairs on the back of your neck go up. And you feel like something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. You can't quite place it. But you feel like something's off. Everybody go ahead and give me a... Give me a Humans? search roll. Uh, be search. Yeah, give me a search roll. Uh, as, I have a you, sixty human int. Would that give me any? Inf- would I, my spidey sense be tingling at all? No. Alertness. Oh shit! Ninety nine. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. Wow. On search. 90, 94 on search. Oh, oh no. 44 over 41. Oh, search. Brutal. 17 under 40. Did, oh. you tra- did you train search? Is that why you're 41? Or did yeah. you fail and add yeah, a point? Yeah, this is my second fail on search. Oh, well, oh I got to mark that as a failure. Oh, wait, yeah, I have Make sure you too. mark it. Mark it, dude. Uh, all right, what did you get, Jordy? I got a 58 over 21. Oh. Okay, so you guys are talking. Roger, I'll, I just can tell you the hairs on the back of your neck go up. And Magdalena, you look over and see that just behind the 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 men so there's two men and santorini is next to them just behind them on a stainless steel counter that's really close to one of these sinks you see a uh, a paper is sitting there and just your sharp senses so even from 10 feet away look over and see this paper and you see these like charts on it and stuff and at the top of it you can see at a pretty decent size you can see the word archon and you get the sense that this is like that it's the lab report that he had said that he was waiting for the results back on and he expected them in the next day or two. Um, and you just see it sitting there off to the side. The guy's agents, you would also pick up as they were speaking to you, also mentioned that their office was flagged because um, of Archon Laboratories and that it immediately sent a notification to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention because uh, there's some sort of unknown substance, organic substance out there, and they want to just clear it for that. Would I be able to, like, move into the room and somehow, like, put my back to the paper and, like, kind of grab it without them noticing? Well, you're in the room with them, and you're just across from them. It's right behind them. So, yeah, like, you can't just jam in there. You know what I mean? Uh, that would be kind of weird. But, like, you could work your way over there if the situation presents itself. Got it. Um, so, at that point, they, you know, he says, well, I'm happy to hear that you're not getting any symptoms. Uh, so... 
we're just here to oversee the the autopsy and uh, get uh, the most recent sample from from this body, if that's all right with you, doctor. Uh, and he's like, of course, of course. He's like, and then, and then we're just going to take it back to our labs and, and make sure that uh, we're not dealing with uh, contagion here. In the meantime, um, so all of you have been exposed as it is, so I, I don't mind you staying. But uh, if everyone could keep their distance and just let us know if you're uh, experiencing any sort of strange uh, feelings. Uh, and then Dr. Santorini steps up and is like, all right, um, I'm going to begin and uh, calls in his assistant and begins the process. Uh, during this time, Magdalena, if you want to like try to sneaky over there, you can sneaky over there. Yeah, I thought of another thing too. I could sneaky over there, but I also uh, I want to whisper to Gavin and be like, hey, if I push you, pretend to faint. Okay. And and I, Gavin, push, Gavin I push Gavin immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, for the briefest of seconds, thinks, if I'm going to pretend to faint, why did she have to push me? <laughs> but he plays along and he topples to the ground. <laughs> okay, so in that moment, the doctor has just begun uh, removing some of the, the central organs, slowly placing them on plates, uh, you know, around the body. And there's, uh, you know, blood is kind of thick, viscous blood is just like coming out into the sink. And he's got this big hose. It's just like, like hosing some of it off, like as if you're cleaning a garden tool. Like it is just the most non... I think I'm going to faint. I think, I think I'm going to faint. Um, Roger's just staring cold <laughs> at all of it. And this yep. is the poor teenage girl that wasn't interested in Tom? Oh. Yes, this is the poor teenage girl oh, who turned him so down young. for a date and ended up on the uh, electric tower, uh, the transmission Madison? tower on Highway 31. No, this is Lauren Harrogate, uh, Madison's oh, right. friend. Uh, okay. Who, okay. Yeah. Madison's next. Yeah, so uh, you, the the uh, uh, epidemic intelligence agents are actually looking like very closely, uh, and they seem to very be very interested in the organs. And uh, Gavin faints, and it's just like, Bleh! and for a second, everybody's attention is turned to him. I, I make sure I hit a like a tray of implements on my way down. And I move in that moment, obviously, like to jump away as if I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I go towards that paper to pocket it. To pocket it? Yeah. So, well, I mean, like to look it over in the moment if I can, but to yeah, yeah. Ulti- ultimately take uh, okay, it. Okay. So if you want to grab it, uh, yeah, I think I think in that moment you create enough of a distraction and the sound of the clattering from all the uh, instruments uh, is enough to cover any sound uh, and you can just snag it. Uh, so you snag this, this piece of paper, just kind of like stuff it into your bag at your side, your little satchel. And uh, Gavin hits the deck. Gavin, I need an athletics check to see if you don't hurt yourself. Because you're such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, Gavin is uh, a little bit of an indoor kid. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's why I'm making you do this role. Roger wouldn't have to do this role. <laughs> uh so I got a 44 over 30. So oh, is that a critical, critical fail. That's a critical fail. So in the process of purposely knocking over the implements, you hit your hand on a scalpel and open up a chunk of your skin. And, and you 
too. <laughs> yeah. Scalpel's like sticking out of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you take one hit point of damage and you hit the ground. Uh, and now you're bleeding, and they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> come, come rushing over to pick you up. Uh, shockingly, you're fainting less. You know what? Actually, give me a power. Give me a power times five roll just to see if you can, like, even though you know you hurt yourself, if you can still sit, stay fake fainted for a few seconds uh, <laughs> to make it look good. Uh, 13 under 60. Yeah, nice. so just your strength of fortitude. You're just like, fucking, this better be worth it, Magdalena. <laughs> and uh, you hit the ground and you, uh, and you look like you blacked out. Uh, they come over, you know, uh, immediately like, get the brown bag. They put a brown bag over your face. <laughs> and you, you come to rather quickly. You make it look good. Uh, I think and I fainted. um okay so you get back up and uh santorini asks his assistant to escort you from the room like let him get some air i I think i'm okay now i think i'm okay and i i I ham it up as they ask me out okay he's bleeding somebody attend to his wound we need what it alive. Ah, ah. Screaming all over again. Don't panic. I think we need I to get again. you an alive people doctor, not a dead people doctor. No offense. We need a alive. Is there an alive people doctor somewhere here in this facility? <gasps> My mother's a doctor. He'll She's be not fine. Here. We He'll wish be she were. Fine. Uh, and so, yeah, you you are escorted from the room, and the assistant will get you uh, some some gauze and wrap up your hand. It does not need stitches; it is a, a small enough cut. Uh, you're like, oh my god! It's just like it's just it's a little cut. You just need a band aid, a big band aid. Uh, he puts it on, and and then you're all set. Um, but nonetheless, he leads you from the room. Gavin is not there as the as the autopsy continues over the period of uh, an hour. This is going on, and you see um, this the uh, this guy who introduced himself as David Greer is is turning uh, to his partner, uh, and he's just saying, uh, just telling him to take notes on the details of the organs and you know how everything looks, and you see that there's that they don't seem too concerned, and they're like, oh, you know, everything's everything's okay, looking okay with the organs. Doesn't seem to be any. Um, you know, uh, whatever bacterial infection or viral infection that like attacked the body in any way. It, it does seem like a, a homicide and that, uh, this polymer doesn't seem to have anything to do with it from a, um, epidemiology perspective. So they, uh, he begins to wrap up the procedure and the findings are not extremely remarkable, especially with what you guys know. Um, really what's probably going to be a little bit more interesting is this lab report. Uh, now the only person who knows about this is Magdalena, but the, um, but the actual autopsy itself does not reveal anything other than what you already knew. Decapitation, cause of death, spine removed in a vicious way. Everything else fits the other murders. There's nothing different about it. And, um, and they understand these uh, CDC representatives understand that you are part of the murder investigation. So uh, they sort of send you on your way, allow you to go. But, uh, you know, not before they are they are leaving with this sample 
of this polymer that is important to their office that they are going to, and you hear them saying to Dr. Santorini, like, we're going to get this sent to Atlanta for advanced uh, study and uh, see what we have here. And they, uh, what do you guys want to do? Like, it seems like everything is done here. So do you want to leave before them? Do you want to leave after them? Do you want to leave at the same time as them? Like, uh, is there anything you're thinking at this point? Based on our understanding of trying to keep our findings under wraps and unknown from the public, is the fact that the sample is going to the CDC a bad thing? Do we need to try to prevent it? Is that something our characters would understand? Or are we okay with them getting that as long as they, we can maybe ask Greer to share their findings of their analysis? Yeah, you, well, it could go both ways. Um, it, there is a world in which, like, you happen to have a strong feeling at this point that you might be dealing with some sort of substance that is part of this creature. You wouldn't be fearful that uh, that that the CDC would identify the, this supernatural creature. You know what I mean? They just might keep it for study, not understand what it is, and then just keep it frozen for a long time in case somebody gets sick or something. So that is possible. It's also possible that they look a little bit too much into something, you know? Um, but I, I think all things considered, uh, you just need to determine the lengths to which you would go to prevent something like that from happening. And you don't get the sense, at least from Agent Carson, that the 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 sample can't leave the lab because it already has it was sent to a third party right. and analyzed and this is what alerted the CDC so it's kind of out there already so you kind of have to balance like you would think as Caesar you need to balance like how much you're willing to lose to prevent this from getting to Atlanta uh, would it make that much of a difference based well, on what they, you already know they have better diagnostic capabilities than we ever have and I'm hoping that they will have a degree of obfuscation between understanding what this comes from and what it does. Like they, they won't be able to connect those dots as you said earlier. So I think Caesar's going to hand his card over and say that I think this is an excellent opportunity to once again show the intersection of law enforcement and public health and the power we have to improve the world together. Do you mind sharing any findings you have as soon as they come in? Agents. Uh, give me a charisma roll. Okay. Question. While this is happening, during the whole autopsy, does the assistant go back into the room, or is he out there with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll go back into the room. He'll ask you if you're okay, and you can be like, yeah, I think, I think I'll think i be all right. Okay, and he'll wanna, go back in to assist. I want to do something that happened over, during the autopsy, but I'll let Graham do Okay. Uh, this is great. 76... Under eighty five. <laughs> so as that happens, I think Caesar like flashes his incredibly expensive cufflinks and watch and dazzles them with just his wealth and splendor, like he would in a startup <laughs> meeting. And I think it's enough to uh, impress these uh, kind of like working, very intelligent, but like working uh, regular guys at the CDC. I think so too, Grant. I think you sold it. You sold me. They take your card. They're like. Yes, um, we'll, we'll let you know if anything comes up from it, especially if it has anything to do with your investigation. Uh, of course, we, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have long been allies of the Federal Bureau of <laughs> Investigation. We want to see this case uh, close as much as possible. We just want to make sure that no one else, if, if we can prevent it, 
would be hard of them. But we don't see a, a sorry, Skip. We don't see any danger here, any imminent danger here of uh, of a uh, of an infection uh, related to this substance. But we, you know, we will take the samples and we'll let you know if we find out anything else, Skip. Uh, my understanding was that the CDC and the FBI were like rival gangs. <laughs> but whatever works for the game. It's funny because I wish I was playing Riker right now because the entire time this has been going on, I've been reading through a PDF titled Joint Criminal and Epidemiological Investigations Handbook published by the FBI and the CDC. And it is so great. I grabbed a little bit of my first sentence from that and I just wish, oh, okay. I wish I, I can't justify it. It's easier to like pull out all the stuff in here. It's so great. Um, so, Joe, during the autopsy, after the assistant goes back into the room, can I sit down at his computer? At Santorini's computer? Is that is it? Yeah, whatever computer that's out in the area I'm in and not where they are. Um, yeah, yeah, you can sit down. It's not Santorini's computer, but it is the office computer. Yeah. Um, can I do they have like I'm a, I would assume that the computers are networked. Maybe there's some sort of shared drive with info on lab results and samples and all that could i, I want to look for the results of anything re- relating to the gray polymer and delete it hmm mm. mm. okay uh, i know it's been sent to the archon laboratories but you know anything we can do to throw a wrench in the public's ability to get to these results great uh, all right give me a computer science roll So you go through the system, and one of the things that comes up as you're digging uh, is you are able to find an email in which the assistant is CC'd, the office is CC'd with Santorini, and attached to it is this lab report from Archon Laboratories, uh, the same one that Magdalena stole. And you see it pop up, you know, on your screen briefly in uh, its software form in pardon me, in PDF form. And you are, you know, you don't have the time to to um, print it. So, I mean, what do you what, you're just going to delete it? Yeah. I mean, if it's on Santa if it's in Santorini's inbox, then, you know, not much I can do about that. But Well, no, I mean, I'm going to let you get into the system and delete shit because if you're a successful computer science role like you you've got a more advanced method of digging into the server here and taking stuff out with that successful role so i'll forward the email to myself and then delete the email and cover up the sent email okay that way I, I don't have to read it now so but you I forward can... out the email delete the chain uh delete the attachment the original email and then go in and delete his lab results mm-hmm. uh of the polymer um okay uh, and then go ahead and give me a very important additional computer science role because oh. this will determine if you could cover your own tracks. Uh, <laughs> all right. mm. Where's Magdalena when you need her? This where is, is where we need Maggie. Does anybody Before. call her Maggie? Uh, mm, that's a good question. I, maybe I maybe her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> then no. Cindy's gonna be like, then, "Fuck that." But never to her face. No one has ever called her Maggie, and no one ever will. <laughs> Maybe her mom. I don't know. If one of them said it, one of the agents said it, she'd probably be like, what? Oh, okay. That's weird. Another sanity loss. Yeah. One exactly. of the agents said it. Maggie? 
Matt, 40 I'm going to have your mom call you during the <laughs> autopsy. <laughs> mom, okay. Maggie? Mom. No, Mom, I can't. I haven't heard from you in oh three days, God. honey. How Are you I, all right? Why every time you call, it's on speakerphone. I don't know how you do it. It's not me <laughs> on this end. <laughs> What did you get there, Matthew? 40 under 50? 40 under 50. Ooh, nice. Dude, all right. So you you get it so that it'll look like a system flaw. And um, and you get out of there. Does anybody have demolitions? (laughs) Roger? Does Roger have it? You know, uh, I think I did invest a point. I have a 40 in demolitions. (gasps) I think we should blow up the CDC agent's car with them in it. Oh, we could also sneak Roger into their car where he can steal the sample <laughs> and kill them <laughs> in the process. <laughs> For those of you at home, Joe is now rubbing his eyes in frustration. <laughs> I, mean, I just I just have itchy eyes. It's, it's just itchy eyes. Look, so, if we're not willing to the murder, to stoop to the murder of public officials in an effort to do our job, then we shouldn't even be here. You can't make an omelet, as they say, without breaking a few eggs. Uh, should we just kill him? No! Kill him. No, I want to get the info from him. Yeah, no, we gotta get, but if they have the sample, we have to get that sample. That we no. je- will jeopardize the entire mission. No, I think I mean, it's it's not a jeopardizing, uh, necessarily. Joe seemed to suggest the damage was already done. Yeah, like yeah. it already went to uh, Akron. Archon. 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 They're sitting into it. Of advanced laboratory results. LeBron James is responsible. All the top places. LeBron is looking in a microscope. Guys, don't worry. It's in Akron. They're never going to figure it out. It's like putting the Ark in the big warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just put it in Akron. It's the equivalent. It's what they do. It's what you do with samples. Um, I still think we should blow up the car because then we blow up, we kill them, and we eliminate that the the sample at the same time. They'd still have a record of the the lab. At Archon. Also, if I fail that demolition roll, <laughs> we're gonna have a few problems on our hands. <laughs> uh, also, sorry if it wasn't clear. Th- there's like Santorini still has a sample, so he just like removed a smaller sample to give to the CDC to go examine, and he would still have one in his office. So, do you want to blow up the car and the entire building? Yes. With Santorini in it? <laughs> Kid. Yes, it's the super ass demon tonight. <laughs> I say, uh, oh, sorry, I just got to tie my shoe for a second. <laughs> and I stab Santorini in the neck. <laughs> the car blows up outside. It's got to tie my shoe for we'll a second. We'll see you next and week. The whole building blows up. <laughs> And walk away from an exploding building. <laughs> Slow mo of good. Roger's silhouette against the fire. The entire, your medical examiner's office smoking. He's sucking down a cigarette. And he tosses it into the flames. Meet the new boss. <laughs> Same as the old boss. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Fade credits directed by. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Oh, this is what happens when you give all these characters abilities and all these cool weapons and you don't get to use them for six yeah, episodes. You just I try know. to think of ways to blow things up all the time. 
I mean, I legit like Troy had been so quiet for like 50 minutes. I was like, he's going to come out with something horrible, <laughs> like something horrible is about to happen. Can I throw a suggestion for a next course of action now? Yeah. I if base it seems like we now think that the kid is wearing an amulet. I feel like we should try to get that amulet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Seems to be a good idea. Should we do it? like a, a broad daylight kidnapping in the back of the van? Just like find him while he's walking home and like Roger grabs him? I guess. That's a that's certainly an option. <laughs> you could also just go to his home and wait for him there, but yeah. <laughs> Does he have Jim? Maybe we he's, can we He can wasn't grab going it. to school. It's was he, Saturday. He wasn't going at all? Remember, it's Saturday afternoon now. It's about oh, five right. o'clock. He's sick. I'm um, saying if he's like showering during gym, we could like grab it from his locker. But. I really want to read this lab report. I want to get out of this oh, yeah, room so yeah. I can get to the car and read the lab report. So I'm going to bow gracefully to the CDC men and say to Rini, I'm going to go. Thanks. Maybe we could uh, find a house that's abandoned and rent a bunch of children <laughs> to put on a pool party. Follow me. And then we'll mm-hmm. invite Work him it. to the pool party and say, all right, everybody, hop in the pool, shirts off, as usual. <laughs> and, and no jewelry, because it's going to yeah. get stuck in the drain. Yep. And then uh, we see if he's I mean, wearing the, most, the amulet. The most important question is, do we have... Do we- Will we be able to get the appropriate number of hamburgers and hot dogs from the grocery store? <laughs> no, Caesar. Nope. Do you want to do an official requisition? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna, and we're going to need to buy a bunch because you want to get an even number of, of hot dogs and hot dog buns and we hamburgers need and two hundred hot dogs and hamburgers, and they need to be stolen. I'm already under so much pressure getting them to let you keep those night vision goggles, Comstone. I don't know if I can do it. Make it happen. All right, Let's throw a kegger. Oh, that is a great way to get Let, teenagers to show up. Yeah, let's just get all the teens from the school there and like get a lot of chaos and confusion. And then while while he's there, like drunk, we'll beat him up and take the annual. Yeah. Magdalena's about the age of like the person that like brings the kegger to the high school party. Like she's yeah. like the cool cousin visiting for the summer and like yeah. Caesar, she can is we borrow that your age. black MX to buy a keg? Yeah, uh, it sounds pretty pretty radical to me, man. Caesar's totally into this idea. We gotta text. Uh, we gotta text our friend. Uh, ah, shit, Melanie. No, what's her name? Madison. 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 We gotta text Madison and be like, "Where do all the kids go to kiss?" Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> Can you imagine that after you were like, you know, you could always con. The FBI is always listening, and you could always contact me. <laughs> slash, where do all the kids go to kiss? <laughs> Wait, don't we have Lauren's cell phone? We gotta find where point is. We could take Lauren's cell phone and text the young Mr. Dangler and tell him, meet me at Lover's Lane. Oh, yeah. (gasps) I'm not actually dead. Well, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Oh, right. Yeah. He didn't go to school yesterday. That's perfect. Wait. Hold on. He might show up as the creature. Matthew, you're a genius. That's perfect. I love we it. We need to text him and be like, I'm sorry for what I said. I didn't mean it. Uh, I want to talk to you. I like you. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> I like like you. Put I the like, first like, like in quotes. Meet me by the tree where the teacher died and don't wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Show up shirtless. 
I was like, as soon as you said meet me, I was like, he's going to say something about the fucking basketballs again, isn't he? <laughs> meet me by the basketballs, shirtless. Uh, bring me a gift. I love jewelry. <laughs> There's nothing I love I'd love more. Free ink and amulets. Wait, but I, I actually, I really like... This idea is this a dumb idea? I think no, this, it's I great. Think this is a, this is a great a good idea. idea. Nothing turns me on more than shirtless oh boys and pre ink and ambulance. So that's what separates wanna, the boys from the men. <laughs> you want to turn I, me on? You'll do it. <laughs> she I had a really weird before, search history. But then I heard you had a cool necklace. Yes. <laughs> now I'm into you. I think. This is just crazy enough to work. I yeah, think it, I think this is awesome. I think fun. Joe is freaking out. I think Joe is absolutely <laughs> did sorry. not think of this. I'm sorry. I was rude the other day. I just didn't want uh, Madison to know how I really feel. Yes. <gasps> Even Can better. you meet me down by the marina? <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes back to the marina. <laughs> No shirt necessary. <laughs> Shirts optional. Shirts optional. NSM. That's a follow-up text. Shirts optional. Jesus. So stupid. Maybe by the marina. Shirts <laughs> oh god what do you think Joe <laughs> do you like our idea I'm not saying anything until you decide what you're doing <laughs> okay here's I'm the really... thing though if we <laughs> do this and it goes bad are we gonna have to fight a creature like if it sh- if he shows up and he gets mad that we lied or something like what? what's the goal what's the end goal he shows up and we're like Got you. Tricked the, you. The, the goal is, we know about the necklace, hand it over. Okay, intimidation, all right. Mm-hmm. Where is this conversation happening? In the car. In the, in the examination room. In the examination room. In front of the over, over the body. So yeah. actually, we invite the CDC guys out for a quick drink before they head home, and it's at the bar with them. <laughs> yeah. And then I reach in and I steal the sample from their briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> No, in the car, I imagine. It is kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, that, I think so. That, that you thought of blowing up the car and killing the agents to destroy the sample <laughs> instead of just inviting them out for a beer and stealing it out of their bag? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess, that's, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could have done that. Uh, <laughs> instead, you're in the car <laughs> on, the, on the highway. Drafted a text to back, a child. <laughs> on a dead teenager's phone. Drafting, drafting a text on Don't a dead teenager. Don't use any capital letters or periods. <laughs> there is a time in every handler's life <laughs> when he has to determine if his players are just fucking around or if they're actually doing this shit in the narrative. And... I still don't know <laughs> from your body language. As Matthew just corrected the grammar there, I was just wondering if we're joking again. No, you uh, have, the grammar is t- very important. We got to seem like we're a teenager. Is this actually happening? Are you okay, texting from Lauren's phone 
to Tom's phone. Magdalena. And say, Meet me tonight at the marina. Shirt's optional. <laughs> yes. And we send the same text to Dr. Santorini. <laughs> and catch him in a giant web. Like a pedophile ring. <laughs> catch him on a, that was that horrible show. Yes, oh, to, uh, catch to, catch to catch a predator. To catch a predator. Oh, take a seat. Take a seat. Come on to the boat here, uh, Dr. Santorini. We'd like My to have a conversation. God. And then a bunch of hot cops come off the boat, too. Why <laughs> <laughs> don't you have a seat, Dr. Santorini? Have a seat. Um, okay. Magdalena needs to point out, as a tech person, she needs to say, once we send this text... That's it. We have officially sent a text from... Once we send this text, that's it. We've officially sent a text from a dead person's phone, and we're liable. I mean, this is... Our asses are on the line with this one. I mean, this could work, but if it doesn't work, and they trace these texts, I mean, we're absolutely boned. Yeah, this is an evidence chain now that we create. That's true. Yeah. Is there a way to clone her phone number? Mm. Impersonate her phone? Uh, oh, that Magdalena would know that. Actually, uh, Caesar might know that too, right? I could call in a favor from some of my developers, but I probably don't personally know it. I'm just the 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 forefront of this organization, not the person doing the dirty I'm work. I'm sure Magdalena would know. You could yeah. also just text him from our phone and be like, hey... This is Lauren. My mom saw our text and stole my fo- and took my phone away, but I got another phone. I don't know. Mm. Somebody, we could just pretend that she got a new phone number. And then we could text him a picture of her internal organs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just the hosing off of the lungs and gallbladder. Just a TikTok video of the hosing off of the organs. <laughs> it's set Here's to a, a boomerang of my pancreas being <laughs> <laughs> it's all set to a song by Bad Bunny. <laughs> sure, it's optional and skin's optional. It's very twenty um, twenty. I could spoof. I could spoof Sydney, the phone number. Could you please get your group under control? Yes. Hey, listen up. I'm cracking the whip. Uh, Magdalena pipes up. She's been in her phone, like trying to figure out if this is a, a possible thing. Um, she's like, okay, well, I can spoof the number. It's it can come up looking like Lauren's number. I don't know if that's necessarily going to come up looking like her contact in his phone. I don't think that works that way. The contacts are saved separately than just like a number calling you. Um, it's up to you guys. I, I honestly, I'm in if you want to do it. We've got the phone. I've already cracked it, but I'm out if we're gonna not do it all the way. Like I think if there's a way to cover our tracks and, and so people can't trace this back to us, if we can isolate this kid, take the amulet and go full on Pizarro on it, just break it like the conquistadors fucking did, get rid of it, then at least, you know, maybe we shut off the avenue that this thing is using to get into our, uh, you know, reality, whatever. I don't know. I agree. Okay. Then I'll just spoof the number. We don't have to use the real phone. And I'll say, it's Lauren, meet me. Do we really want to go to the marina? I look at Cumstone. Yeah. Yes, it's got to be the marina. Are Tonight? We of, are we... Don't we want, but aren't we afraid of people being at the marina? Yeah, or being seen. Oh, but it is winter time? Yeah, it's winter. Oh, it's winter. Yeah. 
and nighttime. Late February at the marina. It'll be empty. All right. So it's like 5 p.m. now. What should we say? 7 p.m.? It's dark. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, okay. oh, 1700 hours. <laughs> I don't. That's how kids talk. <laughs> It's also not 1,700 hours. And, then send him, <laughs> and send him the latitude and longitude. <laughs> longitude. Wait, longitude. Give me, give me the phone. I'll do it. <laughs> no, no. Magnolia is holding the phone. No. Give me that back. Stop it. Oh, 1,800 stop, hours. Stop, stop it. Latitude and longitude. Longitude. Oh, Troy, you have clearly had a long day. A longitude day. A longitude day. It's been a long day. But it'd be so funny. <laughs> Just like he has no no idea how kids I know, talk. it's all said in cumstony. Like, 2,100 hours. Oh. 3.13. Um... <laughs> You made uh, you did it. You did it. You made Skid laugh loud enough to where I heard it twice <laughs> through our house and also on this call. So great job. Sure, it's optional. <laughs> All right, we have to stop beating the the, the dead horse yes. here. This yes. is right. being sent. Stop beating the dead teen. And you're and you're sending it from Lauren's phone. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, well, yes, but I'm yeah, I'm making it so it's not exactly like traceable to like this moment in time pinging off these towers following our direction if somebody wanted to do that but okay i send the text and it basically just says hey it's me well no delete 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 oh man this is rough <laughs> delete, 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 delete. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's all workshop this text together. oh for god's <laughs> sakes <laughs> Joe, we're just going to need another 30 minutes. Okay, no, no. Okay, Maglin has got this. So bad. <laughs> Maglin has got this. I'm a woman. I'm in my 20s. I know what the kids like. Okay. She says, hey, sorry for how I acted. I just didn't want Madison to know how I felt. Good. But I do want to talk. Yeah. Meet me by the marina tonight at 7. Um, I'll explain. Hmm. Then say app. <laughs> She'll know. Shirt's sure optional or no? Uh, no, just like a boat emoji. Boat emoji. Boat. All right. <laughs> you looking at this phone. And then the text rises up. Three dots. Three dots. Ooh. Three dots. Three dots. What's happening? I'll be there. Oh, and we'll see you next week. We're gonna kill that teen. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the evidence chain alone. <laughs> well, we can always blow him up. And then, and then, Magda, Magda then immediately to... throws the phone out the window, the moving window of the car. Chucks it into the side of the highway. <laughs> Oh my god! A terrible idea. Oh, I love this. I game. love it so much. Uh, Matthew, you're a genius. You're a genius. That was a great idea. Was, oh my god! For the record, oh, I was else. joking, and then I was like, "Or am I?" <laughs> you were Joe that whole time, Joe going, "Are they? Or are they? Or not?" I want to be like. There comes a time in every player's life. He has to decide if he is joking or not. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, brother. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.